Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Storytelling with Lou. So um, today we'll be talking about the Vestal Virgins of Rome. Yeah, the Vestal Virgins of Rome. So let's get straight to it because I think I have delayed on this podcast for like a bit. It's not actually the first one I was supposed to touch but um or you know talk about but i felt like it was interesting enough for me to you know talk about it first since this is season two episode one so let's get to it um the vestal virgins were the priestesses of the roman goddess of the earth vesta in the state religion of ancient rome at varying times there were four to six priestesses employed they were the only full-time clergy or collegia of a rome deity which attests to the high regard in which the goddesses or the goddess was held they tended the sacred fire in the shrine of vesta in the roman forum and performed all the rites associated with the goddess such as caring for the sacred objects in the shrine and inner sanctuary, preparing ritual food and officiating at public events during the yearly Vestalia, Vesta's feast days, June 7th to June 15th. They also ritually prepared the herbs, sprinkled on sacrifices and made the bread, which was offered on feast days such as March 1st, which was the Roman New Year. The Roman writer Plutarch or Plutarch 45 to 120 CE notes some are of the opinion that these vessels had no other business than the preservation of the sacred fire but others conceive that they were keepers of other divine secrets concealed from all but themselves their duties required them to remain chaste and male clergy were not allowed to participate in the rites concerning Vesta and the Vestals. The Collegia of the Vestals, according to ancient writers such as Levi, was instituted during the reign of the second, possibly mythical Roman king Numa Pompilius, 717 to 673 BCE, and remained a significant part of Roman life until 394 CE when the Christian Emperor Theodosius one decreed against pagan rituals had the sacred fire put had the sacred fire put out and dissolved the vestals the virgins were chosen between the ages of six and ten years old by the chief priests and had to serve for 30 years during which time they of course had to remain chaste once their 30 years of service was completed they were free to marry but very few did as it was considered unlucky since they had essentially been the brides of Vesta for most of their lives and were consecrated to the gods, Plutarch writes. The whole of their term being completed, it was lawful for them to marry and leaving the sacred order to choose any conditions of life that pleased them. But of this permission, few, as they say, made use and in cases where they did so, it was observed that their change was not a happy one, but accompanied ever after with regret and melancholy. 
so that the greater number from religious fears and scruples forbore and continued to old age and death in the strict observance of a single life okay so what it means is that even after they had finished serving at the shrine they would rather choose to live a single life than you know get married or be with anyone in particular if a vessel virgin failed in her duties she was severely beaten and the punishment for loss of virginity was being buried alive though there were other worse punishments like the original punishment for sexual transgression was allegedly weeping or stoning to death the guilty party but an even crueler punishment was later devised by Tarquinius Priscus or Priscus, the fifth king of Rome. No one was allowed to spill the blood of a Vestal virgin. So to solve this problem, it was decided that a guilty Vestal virgin should be buried alive. However, this led to another problem as technically no burials were allowed within the city of Rome. The solution, give the condemned woman enough food to keep her alive for a few days so that her grave could be called a room. In this way, the vessel virgin was not buried alive but was simply sent to a room with some provisions where she would die a natural death. The green procession to this room is described in a 19th century book, a school dictionary of Greek and Roman antiquities. When condemned by the College of Pontifices, she was stripped of her vitae and other badges of office, was scourged, was attired like a corpse, placed in a closed litter and borne through the forum attended by her weeping kindred with all the ceremonies of a real funeral to a rising ground called the Campus Sceleratus just within the city walls close to the Colleen Gate. Well, um, there's a small vault on the ground that had been previously prepared containing a couch a lamp and a table with a little food to pontifex maximus having lifted up his hands to heaven and uttered a secret prayer opened the litter led forth the culprit and placing her on the steps of the ladder which gave access to the subterranean cell delivered her over to the common executioner and his assistants who conducted her down drew up the ladder and having filled the pit with earth until the surface was level with the surrounding ground, left her to perish, deprived of all the tributes of respect usually paid to the spirits of the departed. This extraordinary sadistic punishment is reported to have been carried out only on a few occasions, and there were also a couple of lucky escapees. The Vestal Virgin Tukia or Tusha, you know these are Roman names, so I might not be pronouncing them properly. And if I'm not pronouncing them properly, I am really sorry about that. So um, let's continue. The Vestal Virgin Tucha was accused of having breached her vow of chastity, but she proved her innocence by carrying water in a sieve. This apparent miracle saved her life. Another Vestal Virgin named Postumia was put on trial merely because of the way she dressed and the fact that she liked to make jokes. According to Levy, this suspicious behavior led a warning from the chief priest to stop making jokes and to dress in future with more regard to sanctity and less to elegance. 
The Vestal Virgins who survived their 30 years of service were rewarded with a comfortable pension and permission to marry, like we mentioned before. There was also another Vestal Virgin, Lichinia. Um, she was a Roman Vestal Virgin and she became known in history for the case against her for incest with her cousin Marcus Licinius Croesus, who allegedly attempted to frame her for breaking her vow of chastity in order to acquire her property. Licinia began belonged to a prominent family who became a Vestal in 1885 BC and remained a Vestal until 61. She was the cousin of Trumver or Marcus Licinius Croesus. Their close relationship gave rise to rumors. Licinia was eventually publicly accused of having broken her vow of chastity by incest with her cousin after an occasion in which she had been closeted alone with him. Licinia refuted the charge by stating that the man in question was her cousin and that they had been alone only to discuss the purchase or sale of some of her property. Her defense was successful and she was freed from the charges. Plutarch described the case and I quote, and yet when he was further on in years, he was accused of criminal intimacy with Licinia, one of the Vestal Virgins, and Licinia was formally prosecuted by a certain Plutius. Now Licinia was the owner of a pleasant villa in the suburbs which Crassus wished to get a low price and it was for this reason that he was however hovering about the woman and paying his court paying his court to her until he fell under the abominable suspicion and in a way it was his avarice that absolved him from the charge of corrupting the Vestal and he was acquitted by the judges but he did not let Lysenia go until he had acquired her property. So, the fall of the Roman Empire, it was argued, was caused by the acceptance of Christianity and the neglect of the old gods who had kept the city safe and prosperous for so long. Both St. Augustine and Orisius wrote in defense of this very accusation. The desecration of the Temple of Vesta and the disbanding of the Vestal Virgins was seen by pagans as the height of ingratitude for the service the goddess had given the city over the centuries. A woman named Serena, the Christian niece of Theodosius I, is said to have desecrated Vesta's temple by taking the necklace from her statue and claiming it for her own. For this act, she was cursed by one of the last remaining Vestal virgins and was tormented by nightmares about her impending death. Whether she died young is not known, nor is the truth known. Well, um, but the fact that it survives attests the importance that the Vestals played in the life of ancient Rome and what their loss meant to those of the city who did not place their faith in the new god of the Christians. Well, the thing about Vestal virgins from some of the other articles that I read is that they were picked, they were handpicked. You know, if someone's family, if, if if a young girl is from a very very wealthy family or from a respectable family, she is picked at the age of six to ten to serve in the shrine of Vesta and to keep. There's, there was a fire that they had to keep on 
so if anybody was found guilty of if any of the virgins were found guilty of um, desecrating the temple or losing their virginity they were mostly buried alive some other um, forms of punishment was um, you know pouring um, gold or molten lava through their throats into their throats and they would die from that you know so it was it was really a lot sacrificing their lives at such a young age to serve the shrine or to serve the fire of Vesta to keep it af- to keep it um, alive so yeah that is the story of the Vestal virgins and um, I hope you enjoyed this episode I am so sorry that I sound I don't sound as cherry as I normally do it in my podcast and that's because I'm really tired and really stressed out so um, I hope you guys like this episode and um, I would really enjoy or I would really like your feedback on this and um, you can also tell me what other topics you might want me to talk about even though I have some episodes lined up already that I would like to talk about so if there are other episodes that you feel like we could talk about then definitely hit me up and let me know and if it's something that I can fit into my other episodes that i already have lined up then i will do that but for now thank you for listening in and um, i hope you have a lovely day take care of yourself and stay safe bye